Hello Life Changes Church, we are so excited that you clicked on this video. We are in a series called What's It Like? As we look at the parables that Jesus told as he unpacked the kingdom of God for us. So why don't you get ready, sit back, grab a notebook, grab a pen as we get encouraged by this word. If you don't know me, my name is Michael. I'm one of the pastors here in Life Changes Church, and it is a privilege to be preaching this morning. If you are watching online, a good morning to you. Welcome. Uh, great to have you. But uh, last week, we kicked off our series, What's It Like? And it is focusing on the kingdom of heaven. And we're looking at Matthew 13, and we're going to be preaching through all the parables that start with the phrase, the kingdom of heaven is like. And in Matthew 13, there are these six parables that Jesus uses to show us what that kingdom is about and why the kingdom has come on earth. And so this biblical idea in Matthew 13 is that the kingdom of God is a mystery. And so it is different to what we think a mystery is. We have this deep and dark and profound view of what a mystery may be. But actually, the biblical term for mystery in the Bible is a divine purpose which was once hidden but now has been made known to mankind. So it is the divine purpose of God, the kingdom of God, which was once hidden to us but has been now made known to mankind through the person of Jesus Christ. And so we're going to be looking at what this kingdom of heaven is about, why it is so important, but actually how it should impact our daily lives and how we should live. And so Jesus uses these parables to teach about the kingdom of heaven. There are 126 mentions about the kingdom in the gospels and 55 mentions about the kingdom of heaven in the book of Matthew. I don't know about you, but when something is repeated so often, I stop to think maybe this is important and I should probably start listening at this point. And so this divine purpose is central to the message of the gospel. The message of the gospel is about the coming kingdom of heaven and we need to actually take stock here. But if you can cast your mind back to your English classes, maybe it was a, 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 a tragic period for you or a period of turmoil, but cast your mind back and if you can think about what your English teacher said, whenever the phrase uh, like or whenever the uh, words like or as are used in order to compare one thing to another, that is called a simile. And so Jesus is using a bunch of similes in order to compare the kingdom of heaven to something else. And we see these phrases, the kingdom of heaven is like a, a sower who goes out to sow good seed. It is like a mustard seed. It is like a fisherman who lets his net down. And so he uses all these different uh, comparisons in order to show us what his kingdom is actually like. And so Jesus is wanting to convey a truth to us this morning. He's wanting to convey the central gospel message to us through his kingdom. And so we're going to be turning to Matthew 13 this morning, verse 24. And it is, it is the parable of the weeds, not the weed. Sorry to disappoint some of you, but we're going to be looking at the parable of the weeds this morning. And it starts off in Matthew 13, verse 24. If you have a Bible, please turn there. Get your notebooks out or get your phone out and go to the Bible app. We want to read together. But it says this, it will be on the screen behind me. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in the field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. 
When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also happened, also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did these weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. My prayer this morning is that we see the kingdom of God, that we see that Jesus is our king and that we are actually his people and part of his kingdom. So let's pray together. Father, may your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Will you get all the glory this morning? May we have kingdom eyes this morning. May we see you afresh, and may we realize that we are part of your mission, that we are part of your gospel, that we are part of your kingdom, and you are calling us as children of the kingdom to start moving in faith, to rise up in faith, Lord. But I pray that you will speak. I pray that your spirit will move, Lord, and I pray that you will get all the glory. Amen and amen. So in this story, Jesus compares the, compares the kingdom of heaven to a man who goes out and sows good seed. But there's one who sows other seed, and that is the enemy. And when, uh, they, while they are sleeping and the servants are sleeping, they wake up and they see weeds among the wheat. And so we see these two central figures in this parable. There's the one who sows good seed, and that is the wheat. And there's the one who sows bad seed, and that is the weeds. And so if you are confused at this point and you don't know what's going on, do not fear because the disciples didn't either. So we're in good company. The funny thing about this parable is that the disciples decide to go out and ask Jesus what this parable is about. And if you can imagine the scene, Jesus is teaching to the crowds. He's teaching to the Jewish people, the Romans, the Pharisees are there. And you can imagine just the disciples nodding and going, yeah, 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 good point, Jesus, good point, and nodding. And then when they see people a little bit confused, shaking their heads with disapproval, how can you not understand this? But as soon as they go away from the crowds, then they start muttering, amongst themselves. They go, we actually have no cooking clue what's going on here, boys. Who's going to go ask him? And then they elbow Judas in the ribs because he definitely doesn't understand and needs extra lessons. So they push him forward and he event they eventually ask Jesus, what does this parable mean? What is going on here? Why are there weeds and wheat in the same field? And how does this relate to the kingdom of heaven? See, there's something important to learn through their lack of understanding. They didn't go to the theories of the day. They didn't go to philosophies. They didn't go to the Facebook message boards in order to make sense of what was happening. They went to Jesus. In our lack of understanding, when we don't understand God's kingdom and why there may be evil in the earth and why there's pain and suffering, suffering will we go to Jesus for our source of truth? Because Jesus is the only source of truth in our world. So when we can't make sense of things, we need to go to Jesus. And so he actually takes time and he explains this parable. This is one of the rare times when Jesus takes a moment and explains the parable to us. It continues in Matthew 36, and you can look in your Bibles. It will be on the screen behind me. It says this, Then he left the crowd and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He answered, The one who sowed the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. 
so the field is the world, it's not the church. The weeds are the people of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is at the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will weed out his kingdom, everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the blazing furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. Whoever has ears, let them hear. If uh, you brought a friend to church, apologies, there's weeping and gnashing of teeth this morning. But I promise you that actually we will see that Jesus isn't speaking just about heaven and hell. He's speaking about the coming of the kingdom of God. In the Gospels, in the, all these parables, it's not about heaven and hell. He primarily speaks about his kingdom. And that's why we need to take stock and see what this is about. There's this common view in our world about maybe what Christians believe or what they think Christianity is about. And it goes something to this effect if you ask most people. We live in a world, and there's good and bad in this world. There's, there's a lot of good, but there's also bad things in this world. There's pain, there's suffering, there's sickness, there's war, there's all these things. And, and after we die one day, there are probably two places that we can go. There's heaven on the one side, and there's hell on the other. And if we do enough good things in life, if we outweigh the bad that we do with all the good that we want to do, then hopefully the hope is we all go to heaven. But if we don't, and if we maybe are undesirable, we do things that are labeled bad, we will go to hell. But we don't like to think of that place. We don't like to talk about that place because the hope is that we all will go to heaven one day because ultimately we are good people. That is the hope. But Jesus is showing us something different. He is showing us that in this kingdom, there are only two ways to live. Either you are part of the wheat and you're part of the children of the kingdom, or you are part of the children of the enemy. There are only two ways to live. And maybe this is uncomfortable for some, but it's a truth that we have to grasp because Jesus is speaking truth here. Jesus is showing us what his kingdom is like, but he's inviting us to participate in his kingdom as children of the kingdom. He is calling us as sons and daughters to be the wheat in the field. And so Jesus tells them that the kingdom is like a sower, a sower who sows good seed, in the field, but there's an enemy, and we need to know that there is an enemy who is sowing bad seed, and one day Jesus will come back. There will be the fulfillment of the kingdom. He will come back and collect the wheat from the weeds, but until that point, we need to be children of the kingdom of God. See, this would have been a very familiar analogy to the Galilean farmers in those days, to the people who were listening to him. Galilean farmers, if they were good farmers, they would have uh, taken the soil and they would have cleared all the rocks. They would have turned over the soil. They would have made sure that the soil would have produced a good crop. So this would have been very familiar. And he uses parables that would have been familiar to those people in the day. And so the first question that the servants ask is, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have weeds? Now, I don't know about you, but when I see a weed, I immediately think this is a bad thing and it should not be there. I'm not much of a gardener, but I know that weeds are bad. That's the little bit that I know about botany. 
But when Jesus is teaching about this parable, he's speaking to a bunch of different listeners. They are the disciples. They are the 12. But then there's the other disciples. There's the crowd. There's the original Jewish listeners. There's the Pharisees. There's the Romans. And they would have expected that the enemy that Jesus was speaking about was a political power or it was something in that day that was undesirable. It was the evil of the Roman rule or it was the religious elite, the Pharisees. And they would have expected that he was coming to overthrow the government, that he was coming to take Israel back, that he was coming to rule on his throne as a warrior king. But Jesus is actually showing us something different, that that isn't the enemy he's talking about. There's another enemy. There is a spiritual enemy. And maybe you like me and you're very practical, or maybe you don't believe in all the spiritual stuff and it's a little bit hyper-spiritual for you, but I want to tell you that the truth is that there is an enemy. There is an enemy that Jesus is speaking about, and we need to be wary of this enemy. Why? Because we are spiritual people. We are a faith community. We're not just a church with a couple of walls and a front door. No, we are a faith community, and we need to know that we are part of Jesus' kingdom, and he speaks of an enemy, and we need to be on guard and actually realize that we need to live a certain way to be children of the kingdom. That is what Jesus is showing us this morning. And so this theme of the kingdom of heaven is central to the gospels of Jesus. Now, in our modern day and age, we may not know what the kingdom of heaven is because we don't really have something to relate it to. The best that we can think of is a king who is ruling over a country, there's a monarchy, but that's actually not how uh, Jesus and the gospels present the kingdom of heaven. See, it doesn't mean that his kingdom rules over his realm. His kingdom doesn't rule over a place. It means that God's reign or rule governs all things. That is what the kingdom of heaven is, that God is reigning and ruling over all things. It says this in Psalm 109. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom rules over all. See, when we think of a king in our world, we think of a king ruling over a particular place. But that isn't the kingdom of heaven. It is about a king ruling over everything and that he is ruling in our lives and through our lives. That is what the kingdom of heaven is, that we get to participate in this kingdom. It is not about a realm. It is about God's reign that he reigns above all, that he reigns on high, that he reigns even when we see evil, even when there is pain, even when there is suffering. He is still reigning on his throne in heaven, and he will get all the glory one day. He has claimed the victory on the cross, and he is reigning, and we need to participate in that kingdom with those kingdom eyes. And that is what he is calling us to today. He is calling us to participate in the kingdom of heaven. What that means, though, is that we need to follow a king. Who is the king of your life this morning? Is it yourself? Is it maybe your family? Is it something that is ruling you? Is it something that is taking you in a certain direction? Or is it your king, Jesus? See, let's look at the second question. Then, do you want us to gather all the weeds? That's what the servants ask. What does Jesus say? That's a terrible idea. You do not want to do that. See, our natural inclination is that if we see a weed, we need to pull it out. If we see evil on this earth, it shouldn't be there. If we see pain and suffering, we just want to get rid of it. And while those may be good thoughts, we need to understand that we actually are part of a kingdom and that there is an intent to how Jesus brought this kingdom to the earth, that one day he is coming back. One day he will fulfill what he has begun 
and we just need to be the wheat. That is what he is saying. See, in Israel, there is a plant that looks extremely similar to wheat, and it is called darnel grass. And the original Greek term, because the New Testament was written in Greek, is called zizania. That would have been a wheat or grass that they would have been very familiar with. But the thing about darnel grass is that you cannot tell that it is different to wheat. And you'll see a picture behind me. Those are both wheat and darnel grass in that field. You cannot tell the difference when it is in its immature stages, when it is still growing. It looks the same, it's the same color. The only way that you will be able to tell the difference between darnel grass and wheat is when it grows to maturity and you can see the fruit. See, darnel grass begins to go up, but wheat begins to droop. And so you can only tell the difference through its fruit. And so what is Jesus trying to show us here? is that there are weeds, the tares, the darnel grass, and there is wheat. But actually, we won't be able to tell the difference until we see the fruit in people's lives, until we see the fruit. And if we want to uproot the weeds, if we want to uh, be the judge, if we want to be the judge, actually, which Jesus takes the place of, then we are not being the wheat. We are trying to take the place of Jesus. And we may uproot the weeds and it may take some of the wheat. Or we may uproot the wheat and actually it's not wheat whatsoever. And so we don't know what Jesus is doing in people's lives. We don't know that the weeds could actually become wheat in the future. And so what he is saying, your position in the kingdom of heaven is just to be wheat. It is just to be children of his kingdom. It is to look like wheat. It is to act like wheat. It is to be fruitful like wheat. It is to produce fruit that we are going on mission for his kingdom, that we are spreading the gospel message, that we aren't um, distracted by things. We aren't mimicking wheat. We aren't being like wheat. We are wheat. See, the darnel grass is a great mimicker. It is called the mimic plant or the treacherous plant. It looks so much like wheat and it acts like wheat that scientists can't even tell the difference until there's the fruit produced. And so it starts mimicking wheat. It starts saying, actually, this is what wheat looks like. If I look enough like wheat, then maybe it will be okay. If I do the things like wheat, then I will be part of that field. Actually, Jesus is saying no. That is the seed of the evil one. That is the seed of treachery. That is the seed that is not part of my kingdom. You need to be wheat. And he gives us the grace in order to do that. But the thing about darnel and wheat is that the darnel will actually grow into the roots of the wheat. So that when you try and pluck up the wheat, the darnel, uh, 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 try and pluck up the weeds, the wheat will go with it. That's how easy it is to get into our community. That's how easy it is to get into our world. And the thing is that the, this isn't about the church. This is about the church's role in the world, that we are supposed to be a sign and a wonder to a watching world, that we are supposed to be the salt and the light in the earth, that we are so salty, that we show so much light that we cannot be distinguished like anything other than wheat. We are called to be wheat. Life changes, church. See, the wheat and the weeds grow in the same field, and maybe you're wondering today, and you asked the question before, why is there so much evil in this world? Why is there pain and suffering?
seen Jesus come back yet. It is not our place to judge those times. Jesus saying, I am the judge, but I am coming back. I am coming to fulfill my promise, but I need you as sons and daughters of my kingdom to be the light to the world so that when you are sons and daughters, when you are wheat, it will weed out all the evil. It will start taking ground for his kingdom and that field will be planted with wheat. That field will be planted with children of the sons and daughters of the kingdom who reign on high because we are seated in heavenly places and we have all authority in Christ Jesus and we go out and we boldly declare the gospel and the world begins to look more like the sons and daughters of the kingdom than the sons and daughters of the enemy. That is our task. That is our role in the kingdom and we just need to be ruled by the king who is the king of the kingdom. See, the one who sows the good seed is Jesus. We are supposed to live as wheat, not as the darnel grass. See, the kingdom has come when Jesus came into the world, and the kingdom has not yet come because Jesus is one day coming back. Jesus is coming back, and Jesus will um, um, show the wheat from the weeds. He will shift that, but we need to be wheat because we don't know when he is coming. That is the truth of the gospel, and he gives us the grace in order to do that. See, the kingdom eagerly, uh, the kingdom eagerly awaits Jesus coming back. So we see then the Lord is sowing seed in the world, which belongs to him. It's his field. It's his kingdom. He made it. He sowed Adam and Eve. He sowed us. He sowed the children of the kingdom into the world. We just need to be his sons and daughters. See, this is a picture not of the world in the church, but of the church in the world. We are called to be his children wherever we go. In your marriages, we are called to be his children. In our schools, we are called to be his children. In our workplaces, we are called to be his children. We are a part of his kingdom, and we need to live with kingdom eyes. We need to live with eyes on eternity, not just for the year and now, not just for our daily bread, not just for wealth or money or fame or according to greed. We need to live as children of his kingdom. He is calling us to a higher standard this morning. He is calling us to a different way of life, that there are only two ways of living. Either you are part of the weeds, you are part of the seed of the enemy, or you are the wheat, his children. There's no middle ground. For a long time, I thought I could pick and choose what I believed, that I could be lukewarm, that I could be one foot in, one foot out, but actually that's not the gospel. That's not the gospel of the kingdom. He is calling you to be wheat. He is calling you to be more like him. And he gives us the grace in order to do that. Because what he begins, he will finish. He will transform you, Life Changes Church. You will become more like him. You will become more salty. You will become the light of this world. Why? Because Jesus finishes what he has started. Jesus has started the kingdom of heaven. He has brought the kingdom of heaven into this earth. And he will complete what he has started in your life. I promise you that if you're here today and you're saying there's so much pain and suffering in this world, you don't know my story, you don't know what I've been through, trust in Jesus, the King of Kings. Trust in Jesus who sows the good seed in the soil. Trust in Jesus who will finish what he has begun, who will bring to fulfillment all these things. 
that there will be an eternity with your king of kings in heaven one day that there will be no pain and suffering and even in this world that he will sustain you that he will hold you that he will keep you that he will bring abundance to you why because you are his child he pursued you he loves you and he is calling you just to be his child he is calling you to be a son and daughter of his kingdom that needs to look like something the way we act the way we live our thought lives whether we go to that addiction or we go to him as our source of a light delight and identity and affirmation he's calling us to be the wheat in the field to look like something see Jesus isn't saying that this world will be free of evil, that it will be free of shame, that it will be free of suffering. He's calling us to coexist with the weeds, which is quite a thing. It means that we will go to the same schools. It means that we will work in the same factories, that we'll go to the same universities, that we will live in the same neighborhoods, that we will drive on the same highways, but he's calling us to look different. He's calling us to look different, Life Changes Church. Well, Life Changes Church look different in the world. When we go into our marketplaces, will we look different? When we go into our marriages, will our marriage look different? Because the King of Kings rules over your life and you can see his grace, you can see his glory, you can see his promises in your life. He is calling us to look different. And Jesus will complete what he has started. There's this thing of justification and sanctification. Justification is being made right in the eyes of Jesus through Jesus Christ. But sanctification is becoming more like Jesus Christ. And it's his power, it's his grace that transforms us from the inside out. When we choose to live according to his way and choose to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, all these things shall be added unto us. All these things, if you're saying, I need peace, if I need hope, if I need comfort, seek first his kingdom and all these things shall be added unto you. He is transforming you from the inside out and he will never leave you nor forsake you. He will give you the courage. He will give you the authority. He will give you the confidence. He will give you the peace because he is a good king and he sows good seed in the soil. And if you hear this morning and you're saying, I'm not done now, I'm wheat, then listen to this because the last line is, whoever has ears, let him hear. You're to coexist in this world and you're to influence the world for good, not be influenced by it. You're to be used by God to reach that dawn now near you that's going to become wheat. So use it as an opportunity, not to condemn the world, not to blast the world, not to judge the world. That's God's business, but to love them while they're condemning their sin and loving the sinner, that's the plan. Are you doing that? Are you planted in the world for good and for God and for salvation? That is why he has planted you. There is a divine purpose. That is the mystery of the kingdom of heaven. He has planted you to be wheat. He has planted you to show what it means to be wheat to those who are not part of his kingdom. He has purposed you for a time and place such as this. We are called to be children of his kingdom. Can we stand this morning?
if we miss that we are a part of his kingdom, then we miss one of the central truths of the gospel. We're not just here to do church on a Sunday. Jesus isn't coming back for good or bad churches. He's coming back to distinguish the good seed from the bad seed. He's coming back for his sons and daughters. He's wanting us to look different. He's wanting us to live different. What are you living for this morning? Is it for more wealth? Is it just for your peace and comfort? Is it maybe even just for the prosperity of your family, which aren't bad things? But we're called to live for his kingdom. We're called to live for the king. And we're called to uh, lay down our own lives and not be the king of our own lives, but allow Jesus to be king of our lives. That is what we are called to do. We are called to be wheat. Be like wheat, Life Changes Church. Be like wheat who are so rooted and so planted in the field that you can't be anything but that. With all eyes closed. If you know there are things in your life which you need to let go of, which you need to rid yourself of, that actually you aren't living according to his word and according to his will and according to his ways, that you aren't living like a child of God, that you aren't living as wheat, then I want to pray for you right now. And with all eyes closed, there's no shame here because he's giving us the grace in order to seek him again. He gives us the grace in order to draw down from him. Right now, won't you lift up your hand if you're saying for even the hundredth time that I, I need to choose him again, that I need to follow him, I need to live for him, I want to be a child of the King of Kings, won't you raise your hand right now? And so Jesus, we thank you for these sons and daughters. We thank you that you planted them for a purpose. We thank you that you are their king. That in the midst of depression, in the midst of anxiety, whether there's financial woes, in the midst of evil in this world, that you are the king of kings and that you reign on high. That the kingdom of heaven is not about a place. It is about your rule and authority over all things. It is about your rule and authority over the lives of your sons and daughters. It is about your rule and authority in every moment in every circumstance, in every place, because you are the king of kings. You are the one who sows good seed in the soil, and you are the one who will fulfill his promises, who will come back in eternity, who has prepared a place for them. So I pray that they choose you, that they choose to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto them. All these things, whether it is hope, whether it is comfort, whether it is joy, whether it it is sleep all these things shall be added unto them whether it is health whether it is sickness may all these things be added unto them why because you are a good good king you are a good good king and we worship and we praise you this morning and I want to pray for one more group of people if maybe you have been you, you haven't heard this message or you've been living as the Darnell grass you've been living according to this world you've been living according to your own desires and you're actually saying, I want to be wheat. I want to be a child of Jesus. I am willing to risk it. I am willing to follow him. I am willing to pursue him. Won't you raise your hand right now? 
Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for these hands. We thank you that you see your sons and daughters. We thank you that we are washed white as snow by your blood on the cross, Lord. That you have purchased us as a price and we have been adopted into your family. That you have purchased us, that we are your sons and daughters. That identity cannot be changed. That identity cannot be shaken. You are calling us home and you are calling us to live as your children. But it's because of your grace. It is because of your grace, your love. May they experience your grace and your love this morning. That you pursued them, that you chose them, that you planted them. You call them to just be your sons and your daughters, to be your children. What an amazing word. We hope you enjoyed that sermon. If you would like to find out more about Life Changes Church, why don't you go onto our website or you can follow us on our social media. Have an amazing, amazing week.